0: You still run e-commerce businesses today. What is your yeah. north star metric, and do you agree that it should be CAC
1: or MER? You know, I would probably say CAC, but if you're in a business that uh, you know has a high repeat purchase rate, I can understand people looking at MER. But it really depends on the type of business you're in. CAC seems reasonable. I thought it'd be something far yeah. crazier, like you know, the Instagram followers we have, and I was going to be <laughs> like, "Fucking get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, but that's that might be CMOs one. who spend less than 500k a year. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: This is Limited Supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts,
1: Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. Nick, the first decade in e-commerce was all about customer acquisition with Facebook, Google, and Snap. The next decade of e-commerce is going to be all about customer retention. Now, at the end of the day, you got to look at what's left in the bank account when all is said and done. What's contribution margin look like and how much profit is there that will fund my next purchase order or my next ad campaign?
0: With your AOV, I bet your customers would have loved the loyalty program. When I was at Hint, our loyalty program was incredible, but it was too
1: outdated. That's why I'm so excited that we're partnering with Tandem for this season. Tandem is the infrastructure that allows brands to launch their own branded credit cards in less than 48 hours.
0: With branded cards from Tandem, you cut processing fees by 66% and use their
1: suite of tools to improve your contribution margin by up to 10%. Book your demo with Tandem and see how branded payments can level up your business. If you go to card in your browser, you'll even get a $100 Amazon gift card to take a demo. That's card And book a demo to see how you can maximize contribution margin. Okay, Nick, next episode of Limited Supply. We haven't recorded in a little bit. Uh, you're in Austin for a QPR event. Tell me how it's been so far. It's been
0: awesome. I love being here in Austin. It's the land of athleisure. I don't think anybody wears (laughs) anything here except Lululemon and Aloe or Viore. But remember, we had Mary Berry on the podcast and uh, we basically spent, you know, six editors, six brands. We spent the day at Mary's factory. We got to make some products, see how product gets made and uh, just learn about the whole process through the through the lens of Mary Berry,
1: which was interesting. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad you're having a good time. Um, All right. Tell me what's on the agenda today, though. We've got the presidential election
0: ad. I want to go through the funnels of Biden's ad funnel and Trump's ad funnel, because I think both are really interesting. We've got a research report we did uh, a few weeks ago that I've got some findings from, and I want to get your opinion on what some of the answers were here and what you would do if you would agree with some of these answers. And then we've got uh, some CRO tips that I think we should chat through because we've been talking about CRO, but not gotten to more tactical CRO. And I think you've got something on barcodes.
1: I don't know if we'll get okay. to all of it. Sure. But yeah. uh,
0: whatever we don't get to, it'll spill over to the next episode.
1: Uh, let's start with uh, presidential elections. I saw this in your newsletter last okay. week and it was awesome. Yeah. I didn't go through. I, I didn't realize you'd gone through the Trump and Biden campaigns. Um, yeah. So I,
0: I wrote a newsletter last week and basically the idea was I wanted to see what are channels you can talk. And this was inspired by, forget his name. I'll, I'll find his name in a second, but somebody tweeted, uh, from Beekman 1802, which is a skincare brand. He tweeted about where should we go during election year when CPMs go up and, uh, David Baker is his name, when CPMs go up and billions of dollars get poured into the ecosystem. You know, it's almost similar to the way that Taimou and Sheen just came in and started throwing billions of dollars into the ads platforms. Sure. Everybody's CPMs go up, except this happens all console- you know within a year span. Because like no one really spends on political ads until- probably a month from now or two months from now. That's when all the money's about to come in. And so I started going through and I was like, uh, look, I found this tool that Google has, which is like the election transparency. This happened during the last election when Facebook got pressured to really start showing who's advertising to who, how many people are seeing it, you know, what's the messaging. And so now we have the Facebook ads library. They have a separate one for the election stuff. And then Google has one for the election stuff as well. And so I started going through and I was like, all right, let's let's look at both Biden's funnels and Trump's funnels. Because I remember I worked on the Michael Bloomberg campaign and basically my entire job there was to come in and just help with landing pages, like make the funnels better, try to increase click through rate or donation rate. And so I thought, okay, let me break down the Biden funnels and the Trump funnels. And obviously,
1: just when you think about it, which one do you think is more aggressive? Uh, the Trump ones, obviously. But like what's interesting, I guess, is twofold. The one is I had no idea that Bloomberg was even trying to raise money. I just assumed he was like, you're gonna give me what fifty million dollars? Who cares? I'm just gonna run uh, you know, I've well, got that. In my the
0: thing thoughts. is like I think you have to have some number of donations. Or some oh, number of donors. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. like when Vivek was doing his donations, he would ask people for a dollar because he just needed some number of $1 donations to get on the debate stages.
1: That's right. Yeah. Great point. That's exactly what yeah. it is. Um, okay. Gotcha. And the busy part is you literally just need a row ROAS of 1.001 in yeah. order for this to make sense, right? Because exactly. basically, exactly. you're not sending them anything. It's just, can you get their row ROAS above one? Okay. So I'm going to walk through the Biden- And the Trump one so, is more aggressive. Is that right?
0: The Trump one's way more aggressive. I'd the Biden it. one- so right off the glance, it looks like it was designed by like a Brooklyn-based branding agency. Very yeah. chill, you know, two-tone colors. There's no real information on the website or anything that sort of builds emotion, uh, which will be relevant when we talk about the Trump site. And the copy and the messaging, in my opinion, is very weak in terms of addressing like, you know, if, the, if, if you're about to put your vote behind this guy, why should you do that? There's no real copy addressing that. So then when you click through to the donation page, the donation pages for both the Republicans and the Democrats are actually done by a different company. It's called, I think it's Win Red and Win Blue or Act Blue, Win Red, something like that. Sure. So when you get to the donation page for Biden, there's no information as to what exactly you're donating toward, meaning, uh, which will be relevant when I talk about Trump in a second. There's no favoring of any donation amount. So as soon as you see the donation amounts pop up, it's not like one is you know, most common or most popular or whatever it is, there's no label around that. What's the default? Uh, there is no default. You have to select, Actually, you have the to select something. The default might be $46 uh, for 46 president. Okay. Um, I thought it might be half his age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, and then uh, the cool thing that they do, which is the only cool thing I thought that they do, is they do offer you to make donations via Venmo and PayPal, in addition to, obviously, credit cards. And there's no force to subscribe. Uh, They make it very easy if you want to subscribe or if you don't want to subscribe. And uh, their CTA is donate, You know, one word CTA. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm on JoeBiden.com. And yeah, it's like, hey, look, Donald Trump's the front runner and they just have 10, 25, 75, 150, 250. They don't have $50. They don't pre-select anything, nothing, which is really surprising. On the lander that
0: I got on specifically, which this could have also been a lander uh, that they were using previously, and maybe now they updated it, the amounts were 10, 25, 46, 100, 250, 1,000, and 2,000. My guess is most people were probably 10 or 25. Yeah, Um, yeah, sure. Now, when you go to the Trump site, immediately you're hit with a pop-up with a CTA to donate. So the Biden site didn't have any pop-up. There was no email capture no data capture. And if you remember that one article uh, about four or five years ago that talked about that boiler room sort of setting where the Trump digital campaign uh, worked, do you remember that article? It was like a yes. eight page yes. medium article. You know, yes. their, their biggest advantage was first party data. Like they had landing pages down to cul-de-sacs based on whatever the people they knew in that area would want to see changed if Trump became president. So Biden's thing didn't collect any first-party data. These guys immediately try to get first-party data. It does a really good job of reinforcing the logo. So I think the, the one consistent thing on the Trump funnel is his branding is very loud. Like his logo is everywhere. And um, what it says in big, bold letters is I'll never stop fighting for you. And the CTA says contribute. So like right away, you're met with this sort of David versus Goliath uh, story. And you haven't even really gotten to the site. That's just the pop-up. Then you get to the website and you've got a nice notification bar on top, which I'm sure they swap copy out probably weekly. There's a full navigation menu with CTAs. Uh, there's above the fold copy with a CTA. There's email collection above the fold. You can see the story of Donald Trump. You can see a shop section for merch, which I think is just smart to have that there. And then you can actually see about the policies he wants to put forth or talk about or whatever he wants to feature. Then on the website as well, one of the tabs is his own newsroom where they put out four to five pieces of content per day. So not only is Trump able to like tweet this out or push this out on wherever he pushes it, but he has now created a story with a narrative that he knows his people want, and they can share this link easily. It's not like they have to screenshot something or take a speech and send it or whatever. It's like the link for the exact story that they want is right there, and it all leads back to his site. Then he's got a video library where he just talks about all the policies he wants to put in, and that's called Agenda 47, which I think, again, back to his branding, he's very good at like creating these names around things. And then the other thing is his site is very text-heavy which is um, also consistent with his ad spend strategy. A lot of his ad spend is focused on text ads in Google versus video or photo-based ads. So Biden only had 14% of his ads last election cycle that were plain text ads, whereas Trump had 40% of his ads were plain text ads. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Plain text and that there's no image or video? Is that what you Yeah. Mean?
0: And this is a Google ad. So he he relied a lot more on plain text versus like video first ads.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it.
0: So then you get to the donation page and it's not a, uh, you know, obviously you've got the big picture of Trump on the right, but on the left side, you know, on the Biden page immediately, it talks about the donation amount you want to put in at the top. In the Trump page, he almost writes his own advertorial from like a third party standpoint. So he writes an advertorial, which, you know, you can write whatever you want. He's got the amounts of $24, uh, $47, which the 47 uh, tile zooms in and jiggles around. uh, So it catches your attention. Then he's got 100, 250, 500, 1,000, and 3,300. Okay, right there, I'm already happy because he's got an advertorial. So it's like, let me wine and dine you. Then let me take you to bed. Give me your credit card. And then not only that, he's like, hey, do you want to cover the coffee in the morning? Because he says, you can actually, if you check this box, you can cover the processing fees. But the copy that goes there says, next to the check, it says, I would like to cover processing fees. So 100% of my donation goes to Trump Save America Joint Fundraising
1: Committee. It's so good. Like from a copy standpoint. Okay. Right underneath. Sorry, that. Just, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Out of care, like maybe I don't understand this. Why, it's a, you can donate 10255 First, his amounts are way higher than uh, Biden, but he yeah. also has 3,300. What am I missing yeah. there? I Why don't is know 3, what 300? the
0: 3,300 number is. Um, okay, I'm not sure what it was. Fine. I can't I sure. figure that out.
1: It might yeah. be the max contribution allowed by the United States to any campaign by person. That's oh, probably what it is.
0: That's a good point. That probably is it. Yeah, because I forgot there is a max. Yeah, there is. Okay. So underneath the option to cover processing fees, there's a subscription. Yes. And it says, okay, it's not just a subscription. It doesn't just say, like the Biden one, I think just said, you know, make this a recurring contribution. The Trump one says, in all caps and in red text, this is President Trump, and I will never stop fighting for patriots like you. Joe Biden has destroyed America, open border, skyrocketing crime, and record level inflation. Now they're trying to remove me from the ballot, but I will never surrender. Can I count on your support? And then right in tiny little black font with not caps, it says, make this a monthly recurring donation. I
1: have to imagine
0: he has like a 10% opt-in rate.
1: This is so good. I'm surprised it's not default checked, actually. I remember at one point it used to be.
0: Maybe what they did is they A-B tested it and realized that if it's not checked with this text, it does better. Now- underneath that it says hold my payment it's basically an option to hold your payment token for another donation and it says in big red caps it says president trump colon they're not after me they're after you i'm just standing in the way please check this box to donate one more time and help me on my mission to save america and basically what it does is dynamically whatever amount you choose in the first step up near the top if you check that box on January 31st, it'll just donate the an additional amount, and I'm not sure if that's just at the end of every month it just changes, or if there's something significant about the 31st. But I just thought that was like you know he's like if you're not going to subscribe, double up maybe the I donation, can hold your payment token, yeah, yeah. Get double donation. the
1: donation, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then as you try to leave the page without making a donation, you get an exit intent pop-up, exit intent pop-up. to yeah, make another donation. Up.
1: And it's an image, the exit intent pop up is an image of him looking at you, pointing at yes. you, yes, and saying, "I'm never going to surrender." Uh, wow, yes. he, This is so good. How is it possible it is so that good. Joe Biden's website is so bad? Like, is, is there literally no one on the Biden campaign who has looked at the Trump campaign's website to be like, "How do we make? How do we improve our donations?"
0: Yeah, and the thing too is, um, it's not like. You know, Biden's not doing any of this stuff, like t- not even a pop-up, not even, you know, trying to collect information. It's like none of it. So anyways, I thought a couple a couple things I thought were really good. One was, you know, if you're not converting on your own website, it's probably because you don't have enough context and content on your site. If you look at both the sites, the Trump site goes way deeper into content, especially content that he knows people are going to resonate with. The other thing is, um... The text he has at checkout is the equivalent of in your checkout process on Shopify, having text in the checkout process that basically reassures with social proof and sort of reiterates the messaging that people initially probably came in thinking they were going to get. So if you've got, you know, a supplement that says it's anti-aging and that's the ad you click on, having that text reaffirming that towards checkout is, I think, the lesson here. And then the last one that I think Trump does a killer job of is the upsells at checkout like he wants that subscription. If he's not going to get the subscription, he's going to try to at least get one more donation out of you. And um, you know, that's basically like an upsell and then a downsell if you don't take the first one.
1: You're right. Biden has the upsell of making it monthly, but it's not nearly as powerful. He doesn't say, "We yeah. need to preserve this country's democracy. Like democracy is on the line. Can you donate to democracy monthly? Check this box." Like, you know, that's yeah. a far more compelling thing than just Count me in. Donate once. He doesn't have that other upsell. You're right. That PayPal and Venmo make his like. I like that he has PayPal and Venmo. Venmo. Right. I'm surprised no one has Shop Pay. It's actually. I'm surprised Trump doesn't have Venmo in his.
0: My only guess is that like he gets some insanely favorable processing fees by just doing credit card through like WinRed or whatever that name is, and he just doesn't want to pay the difference of PayPal and Venmo's processing fees.
1: You know, WinRed is like um, – I'm pretty sure it's basically like the pack that supports all Republicans. And what happens is once you're the nominee, they sign like a joint fundraising agreement between the nominee for president and like the RNC. And so like, you know, some fundraising as you raise money will go to the president and some will go to the RNC so that they can get people to win down ballot. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how it works. I'm surprised that you, he would like uh, – I'm surprised he still wouldn't have been, mo. like even if you have a very good processing fee. I mean, you guys must be raising – Millions and millions of dollars, you know, hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars over the next nine months. Trumps is certainly more on brand as well. Like, you know, it's all about the cult of his personality, and he's like, "Right, I will save you. I'm the only one between us. You need me," and uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm surprised that Biden doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. He doesn't, you know, all the things that he's stumping about, which is democracy is on the ballot. Don't judge me against the Almighty. Judge me against the alternative. Inflation is down. Dow just hit the record high. I'm surprised that he doesn't talk about any of that when he's uh, fundraising. That is bananas. Yeah, uh, it's, you're right. It's what shocking. a terri- and terrible site.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing that Trump, you know, I remember uh, hearing about how just savage Trump's Facebook reps were in the last election. And I bet one thing that I, I can imagine does really well or that they do consistently is I bet they really go hard and testing messaging and copy because a lot of what he says like for example the uh they're not after me they're after you i'm just standing in the way i don't know where that was taken from but that for example the first time it was said probably got such a great reaction and they put it on everything almost immediately so i think i heard him say that or I, i saw that he said that maybe a week or two ago and it's on every single one of his campaign materials at this point
1: it is like a, the thing that he likes to say, being like, look, I'm fighting for you, even though like, he's like, you know, they're all after me, uh, yeah. but they're actually like, uh, but as well, I'm standing in between you and them, which I don't right. really understand, but it seems to resonate with his base. Okay, Nick, I went to Long Weekend's website and I used Weekend Pay when I checked out. I know that's powered by Tandem. Can you tell me what the hell Weekend Pay is?
0: Yes. So Tandem's awesome. Have you ever gone to JetBlue's website or the Macy's store and been asked to sign up for their credit card? That's because the stores benefit from lower processing fees, higher shopper AOV, higher customer loyalty, and a higher repeat purchase rate. Tandem allows any Shopify brand to build their own branded credit card system. Previously, you had to be a billion dollar a year brand to go to a big bank and build a branded credit card with them. I've actually gone down that path to see what's possible and that's how I actually discovered Tandem. The same team that built this at Capital One for brands is now making it so that any DTC brand can immediately
1: launch a branded credit card. On top of that, with Tandem, you can focus on contribution margin. Many of the brands launching with Tandem are seeing a 10% increase in contribution margin from the program. 2024 is the year to focus on profit. To learn more about Tandem,
0: open your browser and enter DTC.creditcard and then press enter. Book a demo with the amazing team at Tandem. And if you're a brand that does over $5 million a year, you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. Again, go to DTC.creditcard to make more
1: profit. Yeah. Let me ask you the question. Who do you think has more Instagram followers? And I'm going to give you three alternatives. Trump, Obama, or Biden? I would imagine Trump has the most. Okay. And then who's second? Uh, Then probably Obama and then Biden. Okay. Yeah. Biden is the lowest at 17 million. Trump's 23 million. Obama's 36 million. Wow. So Obama is 50% more actually than uh, Trump. You said Trump was 23 and Biden
0: 17. Yeah. Wow. Damn. I would have imagined all of their counts to actually be higher given that you know they're the the leader they were the the president of the united states at some (laughs)
1: point yeah yeah Yeah. that is bananas.
0: i think it'll be interesting to see how how content plays a role in this election especially because this time tiktok is a platform that is going like you know when when the war in ukraine started i feel like tiktok was where the news was being broken and like you know video from everything happening was being shared in real time and i'm curious to see how that impacts uh the election season this year
1: yeah. Also, like, um, you know, can you advertise? Like, you know, is it good to advertise on TikTok? Is it terrible to advertise on TikTok? Does TikTok allow political ads? I would guess that they would say no right now, I just think, because they I don't think want the answer, answer is no. And also, it's hard it's to it. it's hard to advertise on TikTok if you're like, we should ban it or we hate China. Yeah. We need to yeah. regulate it. Also, it's a major platform for me to raise money.
0: Right. Imagine just Biden doing like a TikTok dance, talking about why
1: yeah, he should donate. Yeah, I can I can see Obama doing that. I cannot see Biden doing that, or Trump yeah. doing that, for a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. I do remember reading this article back in like 2018 or something, and it talked about how good Trump's team was with Facebook ads and how do- yes. like they would sit right next to the Facebook re- the Meta reps and be like, "What's working? What's not? How can we target better?" This was you know pre Cambridge Analytica and iOS 14 and a half. But like you know, they also talked about Hillary Clinton's team, and they'd be like, "Hey, this is how you know you should do things." And they were like, "We got this. We don't need better team." Yeah. Like the, the Trump campaign listened, ironically, and the uh, Clinton campaign didn't listen at all. And like yeah. you know, the proof is in the pudding. Obviously, one won and yeah, the other lost. Yeah. Um, but pretty bananas that like you know it's so important, and Trump is doing such a good job. I'm surprised that Biden is not making this bet. Yeah. It's millions of dollars, millions of dollars at stake, maybe billions over the next, you know, six months, seven months, 11 months. What's the problem here? The only thing
0: that Biden does that I think is a good thing is as soon as you land, there's like a full page takeover to donate. But I still think it's not as great as the pop up because it's sort of like, hey, uh, come to the bedroom with me right now before, you know, let me tell you about what's going on and see if, you know, you agree with the stuff.
1: Yeah. Also, there's no yeah, no 10 pop up or anything on uh, on Biden's page. He also talks, you know, he has a vice presidential nominee, obviously, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Trump doesn't. I just wonder if Trump ever updates his page when he has, like, would us say, you know, it's actually going to be by Pence, but would it say Trump Pence or would it just say Trump forever? Because like, you know, they care about yeah. all of his personality.
0: Okay, last thing before we go to uh, the report. If you had to guess uh, without looking, if you had to guess the traffic that similar web reports for Biden and Trump, Ooh. what would you guess?
1: Uh, double tr- uh, total Trump than Biden. So I'd say, like, yeah, I- I'd say like uh, twice as much for Trump than is for Biden. Okay. So Biden
0: has, according to Similar Web, 300,000 monthly visits, 1.85 pages per visit, and a 55 second visit duration. Generally, Similar Web is like down you know, yeah, 40% yeah, yeah. on these numbers, but the Trump numbers are. So similar pages per visit, 1.82, and similar visit duration, just over a minute, but 1.8 million monthly visits.
1: So 10 times the traffic. Yeah. Uh, That's low for both of them. Like, you know, you're telling me the true classic gets more uh, website visits than joebiden.com or donaldjtrump.com? It could be the
0: fact that like the the super PAC sites is where they send most of their traffic or maybe that's where people default to. But yeah, you would think that these would be, you know, 10 times...
1: Donald Trump's traffic numbers. That is crazy. I, I mean it also might be that like um you know the Biden Harris campaign hasn't really started or like kind of yeah. just started. Uh even Trump's like now he's winning the, like you know, he's just about to win. He's won two of the uh he's one of the only two primaries or caucuses. And so like those like now he's basically the presumptive nominee. I feel like campaign season is just getting started. And right. because Mickey Haley lost in um in New Hampshire, it'll get started a little bit earlier because like Trump is like, now it's me versus Biden. It's a he already knows it's him versus Biden. There's no question of like does he have to defeat Nikki Haley first? Totally. Okay, Nick. Um so we talked about the Trump and uh Biden campaign sites. Tell me about this report. Okay. So we put this report together and basically the
0: idea was we want to hire a researcher, put together a report get at least 200 people who are CMOs that are going to spend at least half a million dollars this year. And I wanted to find out a couple things. So if you go to uh, nick.com slash report, you can get the full report, but uh, it's not live right now. So you won't find it right now. But uh, when this episode comes out, it'll be live. Okay. But uh, I took basically four, four things from it that I thought were interesting. And I want to get your opinion on all four, because okay. I think you're going to have some controversial opinions. So Love the it. first one, is what do people say is their north star metric and there was a ton of options but 51% of people said CAC was their north star metric and 36% said MER and i was curious to ask you like you you still run e-commerce businesses today what is your yeah. north star metric and do you agree that it should be CAC or, or MER
1: well overall i would say it's like revenue probably uh, or profit um if profit was an option but if those are not options You know, it depends a little bit about what business you're in. If you're in a business that has like, you know, I'd probably say CAC, but if you're in a business that, uh, you know, has a high repeat purchase rate, I can understand people looking at MERR, but it really depends on the type of business you're in. If if the option, you know, I didn't see all the options. If the options were there, I'd probably say profit, then Mm -hmm. revenue, then CAC, then MERR. But I don't know what all the options were. CAC seems reasonable. I thought it'd be something far crazier. Like, you know, how many Instagram followers we have and I was going to be like, (laughs) fucking... Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, oh, that's that might be CMOs one. who spend less than five hundred K a year. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. Okay.
1: The next one I thought was interesting. What's yours? Wait, before we get to mo- what's yours?
0: I think mine would be profit as well. Profit per order okay. or yeah. uh, revenue per site session.
1: Yeah. Revenue okay, per site nice session was, okay, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and I think that does a good job of encapsulating CAC, but also yeah. just understanding like where where's the issue yeah. that you need to fix. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next one was on figuring out where to spend ad dollars. So there's a bunch of questions or a bunch of options, but 50% of the people said they decide where to spend their ad dollars based on where they can test for cheap. So the standard in direct to consumer, I feel like is a 10K test. So half the people said, if I can test for 10K, I'll go test on that channel. And then just over 20% said, I'll only go, go test on that channel if my competitors are there. And if they seem to be doing well, what drives you to
1: uh, figure out where to spend dollars or test a new channel? I may not be the best example because I've tested a few channels and sort of uh, like 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 what I like. Um, I think a 10k test is pretty high for a channel test. Like you know, in 2015, I would say you need fifty dollars to test an ad. Today, I'd probably say you need five hundred dollars to test an ad. Maybe like maybe you're right. Maybe it's ten thousand dollars to test a channel. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, and, um, I, you know, I'd probably be more cautious with like Snapchat. I wouldn't spend $10,000 on Snap. I'd spend yeah. two grand. Or even like on Pinterest, out. I'd spend two. Yeah. Uh, but on like Facebook, I'd say, okay, let me test a bunch because everyone seems to have success here. So it's probably closer to 10. Um, to test a channel, like, what would it take to get me to test a channel? Really, again, I hate to be this, uh, I hate to say this over and over again, but it depends on like the size of the business you are. If I'm a, Fifty million dollar a year business. I'm ready to spend money to try and find new channels outside of Facebook because I've probably started maxing out my spend there. So I would be willing to spend more money on out of home TV ads, you know, direct mail, sort of anything. Uh, and probably I would do it in like increments of like, yeah, where, where, where can I test cheapest first? And that might be like direct mail. I can send out a bunch of postcards. But if I'm a, if I'm a ten million dollar brand. I don't even care where my, maybe I care where my competitors are, but like, I'm probably like, Hey, I got to test the digital channels that everyone seems to have success with, which are Facebook, Google, and to a lesser extent, Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Um, those are probably the three that I would test right out of the gate if I was a small brand with 10 K in budget to spend on ad ad testing. I wouldn't be like, you know, if, if I'm creating a, what's a good example of this? If I'm creating a Swiffer competitor, I wouldn't be like, wow, you know what? These guys are advertising a lot on TV. Let me go find, spend this on TV. Yeah. I'd be like the digital chip. Like Facebook, it, if, you, if you're if you not on fa- if Facebook, Google, and Pinterest are sort of aren't your top three, or maybe TikTok or YouTube, you know, I would consider YouTube as part of Google. If Facebook, Google, and, uh you know, and Pinterest and TikTok are your top four, I would make those your top four. And then after that, I'd probably answer with, where's it cheap to test on? the question sort of reveals
0: like people's mindset and how they think, because I remember, and I think you're the same way. I remember when I was at Hint, I never thought about competition or what my competitors were doing. Even today with Sharma brands, I never think about like, okay, what is this other competitor? Do yeah. not even think we have competitors? Sure. And uh, Yeah. But I do agree. Like, I think the 10 K test is really the sweet spot. And I remember like even going to refinery 29 or some of these big publishers and media companies. And they're like, you know, here's a $70,000 test. I'm like, guys, let's test with ten. I promise you, if we test with
1: ten and it works, I have a million dollars waiting here for you. So, I guess, uh, how would you answer that question? And then I've got a story about Refinery Twenty Nine really quickly.
0: On figuring out where to spend, I think, I think I would first like just assess what's working, what's not working, and then, you know, if I'm looking to test, like I remember the first time I tested an advertorial, the only reason we could do it was because it costed five thousand dollars. The first time we tested Quantcast. We only did it because it was $10,000 and then it paired well with Facebook. The The, the only reason we tested uh, TV even was because we got a really good deal on remnant inventory. So I do yeah. think like the the low tests, the low tests were popular to get people in. And then it's sort of like we went into this huge VC bubble where everybody was throwing crazy dollars amount. Now I think we're back to that 10K
1: world. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, so, so if you basically budget matters as well, which is like how how expensive is it to make a test here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, vice is selling refinery twenty They've been trying to sell off pieces of their business because they had to go through bankruptcy. I think BuzzFeed right. is like shut down. You know, you were saying, uh, they wanted $70,000. You said, Hey, let's do 10. Well, I think the reason they wanted 70 is because they're probably like, well, once you do the 10, it won't work. So we're not going to get the other <laughs> 60. You might have a million dollars, but it's not going to be for us afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year they did 30 million in revenue. Believe it or not, I was also going to talk about Refinery 29 on this podcast. Oh, amazing. Uh, Refinery 29 did 30 million in revenue last year. And I think today they might sell you that business for $70,000. Wow. Um, so times have changed a lot. The
0: next one was uh, initiatives people are doubling down on. 15% of people said TV. Uh, 50% of people said they're going to be building deeper communities. So they're going to do events and meetups and things like that. Uh-huh. 63% said influencer and creator partnerships, which I feel that not, like, I think people are just virtue signaling with that answer. And 78% of people said paid social display or video, which I think that's okay. real.
1: I don't think the yeah, 50% so wh- the
0: 63 are legit.
1: Yeah, I guess it depends to me on like how big the brands are. If you're like north of a $50 million brand, yeah, I believe that a lot of people are going to spend money on like UGC or creators or something like that. If you're a $10 million brand, even then you might be like, let's spend $50 this year to do it. Like, you know, small amounts. I guess uh, what the, the part I don't believe about this is 78 per- oh, Like, Do you know how big these brands are that they uh, um, surveyed? We don't know how big they are
0: because it was anonymous, okay. but they're spending at least half a million dollars in advertising. So what
1: are the 22% that aren't spending on social media? What the fuck are they doing? Huh? <laughs> yeah. well, like, I'm surprised that 78% of people say they're going to spend on uh, social media. I'm surprised that 22% of people are saying, I will not spend on social media.
0: Yeah, maybe because the question was phrases doubling down. Maybe they feel like they're already super uh, okay. deep. Okay, double on, down. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's. And then okay. the last question was uh, for brands that have tried TV. So fifty, thirty percent of people who tried TV said they acquired customers efficiently. Forty percent said they were able to use TV to reach completely new audiences. Fifty percent said they saw improved brand recall, and an, and also fifty percent also said that they saw a halo effect
1: with paid social. I grew all that. Like, um, you did, you did TV ads for Hint, right? Yeah. Did you find that type of bump everywhere, or like, what was your, what was your
0: experience like? We saw a branded search obviously went through the roof. Retail sales definitely saw like some sort of a halo effect, and not only retail sales but retail buyers they wanted to give more space or or feature it better in the store, and then paid social. I don't remember seeing that there was a significant decrease in paid social, but I think it's because at the time the paid social investment was above seven figures and the TV investment was, you know, probably low six figures. Yeah. I don't think the sense. investment was big enough for us to like realize that. But what we did is we just took whatever the best Facebook angle was and just replicated it on TV. And we found that to be pretty efficient on its own when you just look at the attribution from TV.
1: That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I think TV has, does have this halo effect that it's very hard to measure. Like, what, like when we did it at Native, we were already in brick-and-mortar stores. And so, um, you know, we saw an increase in sales, but like it was so hard to identify what is working here. Is it like, you know, we're doing new promotions, we're getting more facing in stores, we're getting more shelf space, we're getting more end caps, we're relaunching TV ads, and we're spending a fortune on Facebook ads. What, what is working? Probably a little like- bit of all of this. Would you measure like,
0: did you ever do a holdout test with TV or radio and try to look at the increase in store unit sales?
1: Yeah, we did. You know, I don't always believe those things. Like, yeah, I, I thought feel like, um, yeah, you know, I'm just like, this doesn't seem like it's really effective. Um, yeah. We did do that with Instagram ads, actually. We did do like a test where we're like, let's advertise a bunch of our top stores and our bottom stores and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And we can go over that uh, on a different episode because I think that's worthwhile to get oh, into. We but I think that like, um, you know, t- TV is super powerful. Like, look, if you're a young brand, do not like bet your entire life on TV. It will not work. It'll take time right. to determine what type of creative works. And unlike Facebook, it's not like a $500 test to see whether the creative work. It's thousands of dollars to create the ad, edit the ad, run the ad. Like, you know, it's tens of thousands of dollars probably in terms of an investment. But at a certain scale, it makes a ton of sense. And it's the only thing that I can think of that is at a scale of like, you know, that's where you can spend money like you can spend it on Meta. On Meta, people spend a million dollars a month. On Pinterest, I don't think anyone's spending a million dollars a month. Yeah, it's tough. On TV, you can do that successfully. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, Okay. I think I think think you got to run. Yeah,
0: thank you to Tatari for funding that report. This was actually probably one of my favorite episodes, just going through the funnels with you. I think- we Yeah, that was a ton of fun. fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that was, was great. And that's such a good like dichotomy of like Democrat versus Republican, both running in yes. the same office, yes. nine months ahead of Hopefully time. Hopefully we don't like, get canceled it?
0: for this episode.
1: No, no. We're just looking at like, what they're doing from a marketing perspective. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Dick. All right. See you guys. Safe travels back. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And
0: be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one.